This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Show's about your calls. Otherwise, we go to things that are interesting to us. And Mark, you told me last night you had a few emails you would like to get through, so let's see if we can get through at least one. Maybe two. Well, um, it's... Um, but the calls start rolling in. Do uh, you, you remember the story that we had uh, previously where the uh, the young gentleman was uh, and his father were both accused of doing something horrible to the uh, the, the sister? Like in a sexual way? Yeah. Okay. I, I vaguely recall this. Well, it's uh, I, I've got an email from him, and... Quite honestly, I'm having a difficult time pulling it up. I'm sorry. Oh, that's that's all right. We can always uh, move on to something else in the meantime. I mean, if we're going to be talking about uh, sexual issues, there's a big, I think, a pretty big piece of news that's probably been glossed over uh, in the the mainstream media, at least here in America, and that is a story from Australia where a man has lost an appeal over cartoon porn based on The Simpsons. Yeah, I saw this one. This is some pretty s- disturbing stuff here, and I'm and I mean disturbing in a couple different ways. Cartoon characters are people too. A judge has ruled in the case of a man convicted over cartoons based on The Simpsons, in which children are shown having sex. In the New South Wales Supreme Court today, Justice Michael Adams ruled that a fictional cartoon character was a person within the meaning of the relevant state and Commonwealth laws. Alan John McEwen was appealing his February conviction for possessing child pornography and using his computer to access child pornography. The alleged pornography comprised a series of cartoons depicting figures modeled on members of the television animated series The Simpsons, said the judge. Cartoons showed characters such as Bart, Lisa, and Maggie Simpson having sex. It's not pleasant to think about, no, that's for sure. it's pretty bizarre. It's uh, certainly one of those things that exists on the internet people who are really into cartoon characters a lot of them or not a lot of them but i mean some of them have this sexual cartoon fetish where they're into pictures with their favorite cartoon characters doing things to one another well, and they don't have to be from the same cartoon from what i understand are you certain are you certain that it's um what they're into or it's just a joke well, I don't know. It, would you spend a lot of time drawing pictures like this if it was just a joke, Mark? Drawing them? I would think somebody would has to draw these. Draw stuff. them for uh, whatever you know commercial means or to get people to your website I don't, or whatever. I don't know. I guess there are probably sites that charge people for these things. I, I'm sure you can find them for free online as well. Uh, it's my understanding that there are. I mean, you you have to be a fan of the series enough to know how to draw the characters and to even envision such a scenario. So I'm pretty sure these people are serious about their fetish. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I certainly could be wrong. 800-259-9231. If you we're, think free this talk is all a big where joke. We're not fetish experts. Yeah, well, if you think mm-hmm. it's a big joke, I don't think it is. It seems like a, a serious cartoon fetish to me. Anyway, McEwen was uh, convicted and fined $3,000 and placed on a good behavior bond. According to the judge, he said, in my view, the magistrate was correct in determining that in respect of both the Commonwealth and the offenses, the word person includes fictional or imaginary characters. This is amazing, isn't it? How could it? Well, Mark, I mean, you could make the point that the government... In a fictional story, a fictional character can talk about another person, another character Mm -hmm. as a person. That makes sense. And I suppose if you look at the law as a fiction... Law is fiction. It is words on paper as these are drawings 
on the internet or then I suppose you can look at it in that manner, but seems crazy to me. The mere fact that the figure depicted departed from a realistic representation in some respects of a human being did not mean that such a figure was not a person. That, again, from the judge. And what he might mean by that is the fact that, oh, well, maybe the Simpsons are yellow with, what, three or four fingers on their hands or something like that? I don't know. They're they're clearly not depictions of humans. I don't think they have a thumb. Uh, So (laughs) it's just... Yes, you could make the point that law is legal fic- is fiction and uh, comics are fiction, and so therefore it completely makes crazy legal land sense for the law people to say, well, yes, of course a, a person includes something fictional. So well, there you go. What do you say to that? How do you even respond to a story like this beyond to say that I think we called this one, didn't we, Mark? I, I I know we um, have talked about in the past that they're going to be using cartoons, uh, you know, call, calling cartoons child, child porn. porn. Um, you know, we've talked about what depicts child porn in the past. Right, and because it's about a thought. It's about a thought crime. That's what child porn is. It's about a thought crime. I mean, they'll tell you. They, they The original story was, well, no, it's not about a thought crime. It's about real victims. It's about children being victimized, forced into doing uh, sexual things and being photographed or videotaped. And, and, you know, that made sense on its face. But now we can see it's not really about that, is it? It's about thought crimes, because if you're going after somebody for having Simpsons porn, and you're going after somebody who is uh, drawing, uh, drawing cartoon characters and cartoon represent- representations of what he or she is uh, fantasizing about, you are in the realm of punishing somebody for thinking the wrong way, for thinking differently than yeah. you. Well, I, I must say that I consider, you know, thinking about, I thinking about having sex with children to be a reprehensible thought. However, it seems to me that it's the touching of a child in you know some appropriate, ma- inappropriate manner, um, you know that that should be punished by the law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't right, like. Then there's a victim. Real live child porn with real live children, and I don't mean teenagers of uh, you know consenting age. That for some reason, uh, you know, it's 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 legal to have sex with a 16 year old in some states, but it's not legal to take a picture of it. Very strange dichotomy that they have going on, but. You know, and I understand why that would be illegal. However, the problem is, is you know, these these uh, these lawyer type folks and and the police they they love slippery slopes and they will just keep on growing the, the government in whatever manner. It doesn't matter who gets hurt. So we can see that they are already expanding out the definitions of what is illegal. And of course, most people, a lot of people, believe that if it's illegal, it's wrong, which is nonsense. Uh, but they've expanded it out, and, and they always start with the most reprehensible. They always start at that position. So they started with child pornography. But now we know they're going after what they call extreme pornography, which doesn't involve children in the least. It involves consenting adults doing some pretty distasteful things with one another. Uh, but the fact is there are people that are doing this on a consensual basis. They're creating the videos on a consensual basis. People are purchasing them on a consensual basis, and the government should butt out. But they're not. They're going after more and more of these extreme porn purveyors. And I'm talking about that's happening here in America. Now, this Simpsons story uh, is out of Australia. And you could tell yourself, well, that's Australia. They're crazy over there, down and down. They don't know what they're doing. Well, you're not paying attention if that's what you're telling yourself. You're either not paying attention or you're just locking off your ears and your sight and you're just screaming, la, 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 and you're pretending like this 
is not happening. Like it's like they're not going to expand this yep. to include more categories. And the they've th- already yeah. been talking about doing this in America is expanding the, the definitions. The, th- the things that go on in England and Australia um, are you know, very relevant to what goes on in America. And, you know, it's an international show. This, it, it, it can be coming to a government near you. People. Absolutely. So I want to hear how uh, how you feel about this. Do you think that there's is there anybody listening tonight who thinks that this is a sensible ruling on the part of this judge, this judge in Australia saying that this man should be convicted of possessing child pornography for having digital drawings of Simpsons characters engaging in sexual relations with one another. And apparently it's because it was Bart and Lisa. So it was the underage Simpsons characters. That were engaging in sex with it's one another. It's okay to draw uh, Homer and Marge. For now, that's now, probably okay. And as far as I can recall, um, the Simpsons were created in the mid-80s um, yes. for the Tracy Ullman show. That makes Bart legal age. Let's talk to David in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live. You just stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say the show came out when I was in third grade. Yes, uh, but Bart like is still in fourth. I, th- I believe Bart is still in fourth grade, as far as the uh, the timeline of the show is concerned. Yeah, that may be the case. But considering they're completely fictional, they were copyrighted in I don't know eighty nine, mid eighties. So they're over eighteen. <laughs> yeah, they're fictional, but that's not stopping the government from hurting people who've decided to possess pictures of those fictional entities. Might make an interesting defense. You guys have a good night. Thanks for the call, David. 800-259-9231. Unfortunately, it's too late for Mr. McEwen. Yeah. Convicted of child porn possession and using his computer to access child porn. Over drawings of the Simpsons, having sex with one another. Do you agree with this decision? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Tell us what you think. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You've got holiday shopping to do. Now's the time to get it done. Get the product delivered before Christmas time. And you can do that easily over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. 41 categories in which to shop. You get free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Plus, you can even buy used if you need to save a few extra bucks. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter through that link. Free Talk Live will get a cut. Again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customer and treating them with respect. They know that not, not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's at the upper right-hand corner of the page. SACL CAI. So, started the show out tonight with a disturbing story, and Mark, you did dig up your email, so we'll get to those here in a moment, but since we're on to this topic, I have a, another related story as well. We're talking about the oppression that is going on on the fringes of the world of pornography. And of course, because it's porn, it's not something that's ever going to hit the front pages. Well, it's, yeah, it's not popular. It's, uh, it's dirty. 
Right. Well, I mean, it's still it's newsworthy, though. I mean, what they're doing is newsworthy, but it's not going to be front paged because porn's icky. And, uh, you know, like you say, it's dirty. So the average 65 plus newspaper subscriber doesn't really want to see a story like that on the front uh, front page. And I'm sure they still have the same sensibilities of being family friendly on the, the Internet sites of places like CNN or Fox. And so if you see these stories, they're very, very unusual. They're kind of in the bizarro category, right? Like, yeah. the weird news! <laughs> this is crazy! Down in Australia, they threw a guy in jail because he had some Simpsons porn! Well, this, that's so wacky! Good thing it's not here in America, huh, Sue? Well, John, I think this could happen here. That conversation's never yeah, going to happen. Jo- jokes! Ha-ha! <laughs> yeah. Honk, honk! Right. I mean, it's... <laughs> Aren't those Australians weird with their Simpsons porn? Well, actually, it could have been drawn next door because it's on the Internet. So who knows where the stuff's coming from. But there are enough people out there on the Internet that are into cartoon characters, and they're into it so deeply that they fantasize about those cartoon characters having sex. And they have the artistic ability, so they go and they draw their fantasies. And in the case of the man in uh, in New South Wales, in Australia, he had pictures of The Simpsons. The younger characters from The Simpsons engaging in sexual activities, he is now... Well, all of them, but uh, it happened to be the younger ones he got in trouble for. Good point. Uh, he has now been convicted and fined $3,000 and placed on a good behavior bond. So he wasn't put in a jail cell, but that doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean his life hasn't been turned upside down. It doesn't mean he his career hasn't been ruined by this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would be done? I mean, as far as people... They're going to make fun of this guy for a while on this one. He's not going to live this down, necessarily. Well, hey, you're the Simpsons porn guy. You know, being made fun of in this particular instance is, is likely the least of his problems. Um, he'll be lucky to keep a job. It could very, it could be, you know, anything um, could, could happen to him. It, it's, you know, it, it's a negative uh, stigma. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be put down as this guy's a cartoon pornographer, his permanent record, as it were, when he goes to looking for a new job or something like that. He's going to be called a child pornographer. Mm, that's true. He's not going to work anywhere for anything ever. Right. If this was America, this guy would have to be registered for life. As a sex offender. He may very well in Australia. He we might. don't know. They don't mention that in the story. It's a very brief story. But what about what's going on here in America? What about the culture that we currently have here in America and how just repressed it is? I mean, as far as sexually, just so repressed uh, to the point where we've had stories, since we're talking about child porn, we've had stories where teenagers, who in my opinion are not children but young adults, teenagers have been passing porn pictures around of one another. Like, they've essentially... I mean, if you want to call them porn pictures, they're nude pictures, basically, for the most part, of uh, their teenage friends. And we've seen... And some of the, sometimes they're porno, pornographic, but we've seen where these teenagers can be convicted of possession of child pornography because they have pictures of themselves with their girlfriends right. or boyfriends and it's sometimes just, just themselves one girl right. got, got got convicted of having child, possessing child porn pictures of herself you look at these stories and you think this is madness and those are just stories we've seen god knows how many have happened elsewhere well let's talk about how many could happen because here's the story from today at MSNBC When it comes to sex, tech and teens don't make the best bedfellows as tech-savvy teens become increasingly fluent with new technology. From social networking sites to tricked-out new cell phones, research finds the negative consequences are stacking up. 
according to the results of a survey released today by the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy in CosmoGirl.com. 22% of all teen girls and 11% of teen girls between 13 and 16 years old say they have electronically sent or posted online nude or semi-nude images of themselves. Okay, so, so round them up. Round them up and throw them into the re-education camps, right? That seems to be what the solution is when it comes to the, the people who've been, uh, the, the, the teenagers who've been caught with such pictures. They're criminals. But here we are with 22% of all teenage girls admitting to have photographing, uh, to have photographs of themselves posted online. That's, by definition, child pornography. So round them up, all 22%. One out of every five teen girls have admitted to taking nude pictures of themselves. We're going to need to build some new jails for this one, Mark. I, it, it, it leaves me speechless. And the numbers you, you read off there, 22% of uh, all teens and then uh, 11% of... No, no, 22% of all teen girls, 11%... All, all teen girls and then uh, 11% of teen girls between 13 and 16. This is correct. That means that the, the 17, uh, you know, 17 and 18-year-old ones, are, are they, they're putting a lot of porn out there. Uh, well, no, no, I don't know if you understood. Uh, 22% of all teen girls and 11% of teen girls ages 13 to 16 years old. So that could mean that 30% of the 17 and 18-year-old girls are taking them. It's a lot. Okay. I, I thought you made it sound like it was a whole bunch. I guess one-third is, is a lot. And the racy images are also getting passed around. One-third, 33% of teen boys and one-quarter, 25% of teen girls, say they have had nude or semi-nude images originally intended to be private shared with them. So 33% of teen boys have admitted to it. Now, remember, we're talking about the teens that admit to doing these things. So you can imagine the numbers are probably higher than this. So these are probably pretty conservative estimates here. Yeah. But let's be conservative. Let's go with the numbers here. 33% of teen boys, and I can tell you there was one time uh, one of the guys at uh, my high school had managed to uh, procure video footage of his next-door neighbor taking a shower. And she was of the teenage persuasion. <laughs> and let me tell you, there wasn't anybody in any one of his classes that uh, that was of the male persuasion that did not get the opportunity. That boy's lucky he didn't go to jail. To see that particular piece of video footage. That boy is lucky he did not go to jail. So, um, I, you know, I, uh, I guess it, people kept their mouths shut on that one. I don't know. He got real lucky. <laughs> but uh, in, in the same vein, uh, you know, back in the 80s, you know, this uh, this kid at my high school that t- took pictures of his girl, then girlfriend, yeah. then they broke up, and yep. surprise, surprise, who gets to see. I've seen them. Right. And you probably weren't the only one. I'm sure and, I wasn't. I wasn't even that good of a friend of his. And I was in high school uh, over a decade ago. So the tech now is so much easier to pass this stuff around. It's got to be all over the place. Are they going to lock all these teenagers up? What's the government solution here? Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the bulletin board system, over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Funknobs.com is an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and pulls catered towards customers looking to give their playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Funknobs.com is the creation of parent company Internobs.com, online since 2004. Use code FTL to save 10% at funnobs.com. All right, 800-259-9231, talking about a story here uh, from MSNBC discussing teenagers in America today. And since we have this new electronic information superhighway society and people can take pictures with cell phones and immediately email that picture or send that picture to who knows how many other cell phones at once. And, of course, if you just send it to two and they send it to two and they send it to two, it's pretty easy for the amount of people who can see those pictures to increase at quite a fast clip. Yeah, people like, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Human Humans like to see humans naked. And, mm, this and, is true. Uh, you know, when... People are going to take pictures of these things. I'm I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And the numbers, it's uncouth, but the numbers here, according to a survey released by the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy and Cosmo Girl, have found that 22% of all teen girls between, uh, well, excuse me, all teen girls. So I guess that would be 13 to 18, I suppose, or not 13 to 19. And 11% of teenage girls between 13 and 16. What, do you think a teen girl is considered an 18 and 19-year-old in that survey? I wonder about that. I would think that they would only uh, uh, you know, uh, talk about girls that are age. under the age. But um, I'm, you know, 18 is not under the age, and they're mentioning specifically 13 to 16, so yeah. that would just leave 17 for all teen girls. So, so more than 1 in 10 teen girls between 13 and 16 at the lower end of the teenage spectrum more than one in 10 have admitted to taking nude or semi-nude photos of themselves and distributing them or posting them online now according to the story for some teens like 16 year old megan the downside to sexting quickly became apparent she says i was with my friend and we were busy texting a couple boys we were friends with at the time they sent us a picture of them without their shirts on and we just kind of decided to send one back the, it's the a little photo, joke. so cute. The photo that Megan and her friend sent showed the then 14-year-old girls with their shirts pulled up, revealing their bras. They didn't think it was a big deal, so they just kept sending it to other people, said Megan. I really don't think I would ever do anything like that ever again, because I know what could happen now and how dangerous it could be and where it could leak to. Well, I'm not really sure what the danger is necessarily beyond some sort of level of personal embarrassment about... Well, going to jail. There's there's that one. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. That's true. Going to jail. Of course, she was in her bra, so that's probably still legal at this point. Uh, but nonetheless, some people have gotten in trouble for this. I don't well, think any of the kids have gone to jail be- yet, but... Th- you can believe that some adult, if it wasn't their parent, it was some school uh, busybody, said, oh, girls, you could go to jail for this. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, in, I'm sure that that's, uh, this, this is very close to the line of child pornography. I think beyond the jail p- uh, potential, though, in the scheme of things, as far as what you do in your life, taking a nude picture of yourself or semi-nude picture of yourself and as a teenager will have absolutely no bearing whatsoever on the rest of your life unless you, for whatever reason, obsess over 
over it and allow it to. I think that's the reality of it. I mean, again, leaving out the jail factor, <laughs> yes, leaving I, out the government. I, factor. I don't disagree in that uh, in, in that arena, but you know, it, I, I can. It, it's it's not it, it's not cool. It's not uh, it doesn't uh, it, it's very uncouth. But I don't think that anyone should go to jail for it. It turns out uh, teen girls aren't the only ones sharing sexually explicit content. According to the survey, almost one in five teen boys, 18%, say they've sent or posted nude or semi-nude images of themselves. One-third of young adults, 36% of women, 31% of men ages 20 to 26 say they have posted or sent such images. And I think to some extent this is a good thing. I think to some extent it's a good thing because if if young people are growing up with the with access, with easy access to pictures of naked people, I believe that I believe that's healthy. I mean, I I don't think the repression is healthy. I don't think that telling them that nude bodies is bad and then having them see it and feel bad about themselves is healthy. I think that's dangerous. But I just think generally, from an overall perspective, having people growing up with feeling more comfortable with seeing naked bodies, I think is a good thing. Um, I can see the, I can see the advantage if it happens. If it happens commonly enough, then uh, it seems to be it's pretty not common. a big deal. Yeah. I, you know, it was. But I, I saw nudie pictures when I was six. I remember the, uh, you know, the kid the next street over got some book somewhere. God oh, knows. Yeah. And we went in the little forest, a little fort in the forest, and we looked at it. Yeah. I remember doing it on the backs, you know, on the back of the bus, uh, the school bus. Somebody was passing a, around a Playboy. They'd slide it in Somebody's a backpack. Somebody's not very smart either. <laughs> They'd slide it in a backpack underneath the seats, and so each, you know, the different people in the different seats got to see it. So certainly people see these things as, as they've been growing up for the last several decades. But it's, I would say it has to be on the increase now because of the proliferation it's, of the it's Internet. It's much more uh, prevalent, yeah. Right. So uh, Diamond, a teen who spoke to Today along with the panel. Well, talked about mom wanted to grow up to be a stripper? That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so Diamond tells Today along with a panel of other young people that I have female friends who have pictures of guys, private area, chest, all type of stuff like that. So it happens. The online survey of 1,280 teens and young adults company uh, th- th- indicates 15% of teens who have sent sexually suggestive content such as text messages, email photographs, or video say they've done so with someone they only know online. Mm. What teens and young adults are doing electronically seems to have an effect on what they do in real life. Nearly one quarter of teens, 22%, admit the technology makes them personally more forward and aggressive. More than one-third of teens, 38%, say exchange- exchanging sexy content makes dating or hooking up with others more likely and nearly one-third of teens 29 percent believe that those exchanging sexy content are expected to date or hook up i have to say mark this is a world i have no clue what it is about like i am completely on the outside of this phenomenon. i can i can only imagine what uh teen dating's like i mean I, I have no idea i mean how are the interactions how are the i mean my understanding is girls are much more forward than than they used to be and they were pretty darn forward in the 80s yeah so I don't know. Are you a teenager listening to this? Uh, yeah, I would love to have your thoughts as somebody who's in the midst of all of this. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Julia is getting one of those new phones, and it's got uh, the the keypad that slides out, so you can do the texting thing it's cool. e- easier. Yeah, I mean that's cool if that's what you're into. And I feel like uh, Julia and I, she's got four and a half. I'm four and a half years older than her, so there's a little bit of a generation gap going on. I feel like completely on the outside of the texting thing. But she's just too cheap to text. You wouldn't text if does, you were the right age. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But but you could buy the the uh, the packages and then you can text all you want, right? For, for like five three bucks, bucks or something. Yeah. 
Uh, so if I was into it, then I could see that. But she's not really into it, but she does have some younger friends, and so she texts with them. And so there's obviously some sort of uh, unique culture that has developed around electronics and texting and, uh, and taking off shirts and that sort of thing. And, and maybe uh, some of our younger listeners can give us a little more insight than this survey is. 1-800-259-9231. The the story uh, again returned returning to it here. It says that the that so many young people say technology is encouraging and even more casual hookup culture is reason for concern, given the high rates of teen and unplanned pregnancies in the United States. Well, now kids have been having sex for a long time. Okay, just, just so you know, cell phones aren't the way you get pregnant. Yeah, so I I have concern for people getting pregnant, and I, I definitely understand those people's concerns. But I think that the answer to the, that problem is real sexual education and parents talking with their kids about sex in an honest fashion instead of this mantra of just don't do it, just say no, this abstinence nonsense that, I, from what I've seen, studies have been pretty inconclusive as to whether or not it actually does anything. I mean, if anything, it seems to me that telling kids just say no is going to do the same as it did with drugs. They're going to want to know what they're missing, they're going to experiment, and they're not going to know what the hell they're doing ending up with teenage pregnancies. Just look at the rates. Look at the rates between uh, the United States and even Canada. There's a big difference between teenage pregnancies. And in Canada, up until just recently, the age of consent was 14. You'd say to yourself, well, where are all the... There should be all kinds of teenage pregnancies in Canada. But no, they're here in America. Land of abstinence education. Your thoughts on this at 800-259-9231. Especially when you hear from uh, teenagers on this. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have the Shrine of Female Listeners there with dozens of ladies of various ages who have sent us their photo, validated to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls about what you want and we start with, I uh, believe, we've got Nigel on the line in New York. Nigel, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hey. Hey, so Nigel. I just saw that the Italian government, kind of following in everybody else's lead, is now going to bail out cheese manufacturers because they just aren't getting enough money for their cheese, apparently, to stay in shape. Really? The great cheese bailout? Something like that. And they're doing it in what has to be the dumbest way possible. Instead of you know, funding research into how to make cheese more awesome or whatever. They're just going to buy wheels of cheese, <laughs> donate them to charity. Give them, to free, um, give them free to uh, to poor people? That'll be great. Yeah. Wow, that's but, amazing. Know, just keep on doing what you're doing. We're just going to give you money and, you know, just we'll, we'll be your market. You don't have to actually sell to real people. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's not too far away from essentially nationalizing the cheese companies. I mean, if they're going to just if they're gonna buy all the, the cheese, then they might as well own a piece of the company. Seems like the yeah. next logical step, if there's logic in this whole process. <laughs> I thank yeah, you for bringing not. that well, up, Nigel. some kind of logic. It's not good, but... Yeah, no doubt about it. Any other thoughts for us tonight? No, nope, that's about it. Just wanted to throw that out there. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. So, uh, so back to the story here about the uh, the teenagers. 
And now, by the way, I haven't heard any from, uh, from any young people here uh, tonight as far as this phenomenon of the nude pictures being passed around. Are the statistics in this survey even close to being accurate, saying things like, oh, 33% of teen boys have had nude or semi-nude images that were originally meant to be private shared with them? Or is it more like 75% of teen boys? Because remember, we're only talking about the teenage boys that will actually admit to it. 11% of teen girls between ages 13 and 16 say they have sent or posted online the nude or semi-nude images of themselves. And some of them had it come, uh, come back to bite them uh, because their images were sent to people they did not expect them to be sent to. And they had to learn that lesson the hard way, I guess, maybe with a little bit of embarrassment, I suppose. And that's fine because then they'll probably be more careful in the future. If that's something that is important to them, that is keeping their privacy, they'll understand that you have to work at keeping privacy. If you want something to stay secret, don't tell people. I can't see how it's it. not um, something that that gets passed around all the time. People like to flirt, uh, you know. I mean, and nude pictures are a way to do that. It, it happens on the internet. Why wouldn't it happen through phones? You've got all this texting and picture texting and all that stuff out there. It makes perfectly good sense to me. So, so th- there's so many aspects of this story to talk about, and we've talked about how it is that uh, this is illegal, that these teenagers that are taking pictures of themselves could very well be thrown into some sort of juvenile detention center. People don't over think. This. I, I'm sure that people don't take that seriously, but the fact is, it's happening attention. already. Right, it has happened, and it will continue to happen. And if this problem is as widespread as it appears to be, and I don't know if it's really a problem, it's just a phenomenon. If it's as widespread as it appears, then you can expect to see more of this in the future. You can expect to have somebody get caught with their cell phone at school, have the teacher paging through the pictures and say, oh, my goodness, this is a nude photo. Well, we're going to call the authorities on this. And I, then the cops come. I really got a question as to why a teacher is able to just look through a student's phone that they have. You don't uh, think they can do that? I know they do. I, okay, they, they read the their cops notes. do it. They read their right. notes. Why would they be allowed to do that? The I mean, cops but, will poke through somebody's cell phone. Teachers will feel the it, same level of isn't authority. Isn't that an unreasonable search and seizure? Well, you could say the kids have, uh, they consented by being there. Of course, they're forced to be there, which is a whole other factor. We can talk about that, too. There's been another story in the news about how a mother has actually been arrested. You don't normally hear stories like this because most people won't let it get this far. Sort of how when zoning issues happen, uh, as happened with the couch situation involving me, most people won't push it to the violent ends. But indeed, it does happen from time to time, and it has happened in Gainesville in Florida. Where CBS News is reporting that a Gainesville mother has been arrested after her daughter missed too many days of school. So if you didn't think that this education system, this government indoctrination system, wasn't enforced at the barrel of a gun, think again. Because if you do this with your kids, you'll be arrested. They don't care who you are, unless, of course, you're politically connected. Then you probably, well, if you're politically connected, you probably can uh, afford to send your kids to the private schools. You're probably sending them to a private school anyway. The unidentified woman was charged with contributing to the to the delinquency of a minor after her ninth grade daughter had 59 unexcused absences. Alachua County School Attendance Review Board then filed a petition. Sheriff bureaucrat, spokes bureaucrat Art Forgery, Forgery, oh, Forgy, <laughs> says it's the first case in a while where a parent has been charged. He said the board's also reviewing other cases that could bring charges. Florida requires attendance after 15 unexcused absences. District officials must then follow a process to work with parents to get their children to attend school. They say that uh, prosecution's a last resort. 
Florida law defines habitual truant as a student who has more than 15 unexcused absences within 90 calendar days, with or without the knowledge or consent of the parent or guardian, and who's subject to compulsory school attendance. And let me tell you, they're all subject to compulsory school attendance. Across the country, prosecutors have tried to fight truancy, threatening jail time and fines for parents of children who chronically skip school. The moves are the latest step in the nation's march to hold students to higher educational standards and to hold their parents to higher standards of accountability. If we if we can't have a really good educational system, we'll at least make the students go to the crappy one. That's right. Your child has been absent from our day prison for more than 15 days, and we will now throw you into a real prison to show you how serious we are about your children attending our day prison. I mean, that's what's going on here. And it is not unheard of. Does, it, does anyone ask themselves the question, why... Um, why students don't want to go to school so badly? I mean, is anyone asking that question? I don't know. Seems seems to me that if they were making the school more enticing, yeah, kids would want to go. Yeah, right. You'd want to be there every single morning because you'd be so interested in the curriculum or interested in what was going to happen that day. Whereas if it's boring or dull or the teachers are awful or whatever the reasons are that kids don't want to be there... Telling these kids that you have to go or else we're going to hurt your family. You have to go. Your kids have to go or we're going to tear your family apart limb from limb. We're going to throw your parents behind bars because we care. What? Now, look, I understand that people are saying to this, well, now, wait a minute. These kids are they're not going to school. That's bad. Kids aren't going to school. We need to make sure that parents send their kids to school. School's important. Kids need to go to school. This is the attitude of people like, well, the, the, what do you mean? You, kids shouldn't be uh, kids should be free to not go to school. What are you talking about? Don't we want an educated populace? Don't you value education? Uh, well, I do value education. However, what I th- I think it's crazy that we're educating kids that if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't go to this, you know, this good thing for you, that we're going to throw you in jail. I mean, it's that's weird to me. And it's just and also, the beginning. It's, it's an attack on the poor and middle class as opposed to the rich, mm-hmm. because you could go to a private school, you could be in a, uh, you know, a student at a private school, and then if you didn't go the 15 days a semester or whatever it is, well, the private schools, you know, gets to do whatever it wants to do. If you if if they want to continue getting the uh, the tuition, and I'm sure they do, they can send the schoolwork home. They can, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So this is an attack on middle-class and lower-class people. It sure is, and it's just another way to remind folks that, hey, you're owned. You'll do what we say. Whether it's fixing some sort of perceived problem with your property or it's uh, sending your kids to the day prison, you'll do it. Or your freedom, or what level of freedom you have will be absolutely shattered. This is the problem with the the government being involved in education anyway. They should not have been involved in the first place. There shouldn't be, as far as I'm concerned, there shouldn't be compulsory uh, laws to force kids to go to school. But you know, the the fact that they're um, in you know running the schools, that's the first big problem, and they should be out of that business. So how do we stop this? How does this all come to an end? How do we deal with this? Well, I suppose we can elect people and hope that we elect the right people and hope that they can get their agenda through that's somehow going to marketize the government school system. It's a possibility. It's probably not very likely uh, in any place maybe but uh, where the new uh, where the liberty activists are gathering and a number of them are gathering here in New Hampshire. We'll talk more about the Free State Project in a bit. 
There's also the civil disobedience factor, but what's that going to do? That's just going to result in families being torn apart. I mean, if, if families say, the hell with you, we're going to homeschool our kids, we're not going to ask you permission to homeschool our kids, we're going to do it, and we're not going to beg. And then the, the government comes in and steals their children from them or takes the parents off and throws them in a jail cell. While it will certainly make a persuasive news story, it's not going to be good for their family. It, it, this is the persuasive news story here. That's what happened in right. Gainesville. Well, yeah, and it got a little mention at the... It's, and sure enough, Mark, it's in the water cooler section of CBS2 Chicago. Yeah. Well, this is wacky. This crazy mom. She didn't send her kids to government school. She got arrested. Those crazy Floridians. Yeah. Florida and Germany. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts? Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free numbers. We launch here in hour number two of the program, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about, as always. We're going to go into the email box here, though, Mark. You had a couple of things you wanted to share with us. Uh, I had some trouble digging it up last hour, but I believe you found them. Yeah, yeah I have. Um, I've got to... Uh... All right, pick one. Okay. <laughs> this one's from a, uh, a guy that, that claims to have problems dealing with others. He says... Oh, we've heard this one before. Or not this exact email, but a similar problem. People who are kind of introverted... Don't like other people, that sort of thing. Yeah, it says, um, Mark, I don't work well with others. Generally, whenever, whenever I'm obligated to be around other people um, to do anything, the people annoy the crap out of me and I get impatient. I'm not an impatient person in general, but when it comes to people, I have a low threshold for what I perceive as nonsense. This strikes me as an inevitable part of working with people. Nonsense, that is. And it also seems a part of life to work with people. Idiots. Do you have oh any, any advice that you can give a young curmudgeon that is on his way to Hermit Edge from uh, Max? I'd say he's well on his way. Yeah. yeah good, good self-assessment there. He's, he's working, working hard at that. I, you, you got anything? I mean, uh, you're probably more the, uh, the, the non-people person than I am. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I've worked in retail for a, a three and a half years. I've done sales. I've I don't think that you work cra- with people crave on the, the human attention that I do. How's that? Maybe. That's a possibility. Um, hmm. What are we what are we trying to tell this guy like how to start loving people is that the idea? <laughs> well, um I had a friend once who made computer boards or not computer boards but like circuit boards or something for a living. He uh essentially was by himself at all times um, unless he wanted to go out or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But his job basically he sat at home and he made circuit boards and perhaps you can get a job that doesn't require you to have uh, as much interaction with people. Mm-hmm. Best advice I can come up with. Um, I I can tell you that uh, if if it's a problem you want to work on, 
psychotherapy could be a direction that you want to go with it. Sounds expensive. So um, he, he's basically saying that he believes other people are just dumber than he is. Is that his viewpoint, essentially? I, didn't he use the term idiots or something? Idiots. There? Idiots. He did use that term. That means that you kind of look down your nose at uh, a lot of people. And since we don't have Max on the phone, we can't ask questions to clarify like, well, do you have any friends? Are there people of the intelligent persuasion or the people that you believe that are intelligent enough to uh, hack it with you? Uh, do you have any friends or do you believe that you're smarter than everyone else? I don't. I can't believe that someone really think that way. In which case, I would say, yeah, okay, if you feel that uh, everybody else is so inferior, why not join Mensa or something like that? Well, try to find some smart people to be around. Maybe you won't be the smartest person in the room anymore. To some extent, you probably, uh, you know, I don't know if you're if he's looking for these high end, interesting people. You know, high end being, uh, you know, the high end and the the personality, oh, personality? Uh, personality, not just intellect, because uh, obviously. People that are smart can be bad at interacting with others sure. sometimes. So well, that's what he sounds like. Like he's, he's not really getting along with people too well. He sounds but he's like really he's brilliant, short-tempered. Right? I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> he sounds short-tempered with them, and that's what he claims. So that that makes some sense. I, you know. Here's here's my honest best advice, and uh, I'm sca- I was scared to give it at first. Uh, the first thing that popped to my mind because I didn't want to get into this, but the fact is, my advice is take the landmark forum. <laughs> oh no! Isn't there something less cult like that he could get involved? What's in? culty about it? I I don't want to I don't want to rehash this. I understand it's it's not culty. Sorry. Well, all right. Why should he take the landmark for? Because he'll have if if he wants to have some kind of breakthrough around dealing with people, this is a great way to do it. Why not just, uh, instead of uh, going to the Landmark Forum, why not read uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People? It may very well um, cause some kind of breakthrough. I don't know. but uh, It's it's a lot easier. You don't have to spend an entire weekend. You won't be brainwashed. You'll you spend be... more than a weekend reading, uh, likely, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, I don't you'll know. Spend, That's a page turner, I would say. You'll, you'll spend less money on it. Well, yeah. you have to really internalize it, too. You can't just go through it one time. You have to internalize these things. And that's one of the true. good things about uh, you know the forum, in, in my uh, opinion. Well, let's open it up to uh, the phone calls. I mean, and see what people think about how Max could... Could help improve his situation, or is it okay where Max is at? Is it all right for him to uh, be looking down his nose at most of the rest of humanity and and feel uh, feel superior to them and essentially think of them as idiots and have a tough time interacting with them? I mean, is that all right? I feel like that's kind of I don't I don't feel like that's a real healthy viewpoint necessarily. Well, I don't think he thinks it's um, considerably helpful, healthy either. That's why he's probably writing in. Maybe he could find something. And, and 1-800-259-9231 is the number if you want to give some advice here to Max, because your advice is as good as ours. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Perhaps he should find things to be appreciative of. Perhaps instead of looking at the negatives. Um, Gratitude's a great thing, uh, no yes. doubt. I, I it, would totally agree. Instead of focusing on what you don't like about the people that you're having to deal with, whether it be in the realm of your job or school or whatever it is that you're doing, uh, instead of focusing on how it is that they're wrong or how it is that they're dumb or how it is that they did something uh, incorrectly, whatever, 
how about focus on the things they're doing right? How about focus on some of the positive aspects of who these people are and, and what they mean to you? And certainly, uh, even if you believe that you're smarter than them, certainly there are some valuable things that they know that you don't. Uh, certainly there are some experiences they could share with you that you haven't had that you could potentially learn from. Try to look on the bright side. And if you can find things to be appreciative of, that should shift your mindset enough away from all of the negativity to where maybe after... Mm, I don't know, a few months of being appreciative toward people, maybe after a few days of it, you'll start feeling better about them. Just an idea. I, I, I think that is great advice if, if one can make it uh, happen, but... It... You know, sort of, it, it's sort of knowing how to do it and then doing it. Every American knows how to lose weight. There are a lot of fat Americans out there. So, it's true. It's nice to be in a place where we have know, so much food. There's, there's knowing about how to do something and then, you know, somehow getting yourself to do it. And that can be, it can be, a, a, you know, it can be difficult sometimes. I can see that, and nothing worth doing is easy, right? I mean, you're talking about personal growth here, and uh, people that want to, ch- if you want to change, you'll find a way. You're going to change, no, whether you want to or not. Yeah, uh, but, life, life is a change. But but you can direct that change. So you can decide for yourself which way you want that change to go. And if you want to be more positive and you want to to look at people in a more positive light, then you just have to start thinking about that more often. If you find yourself saying, boy, I don't like it when so-and-so is that way, then that's your cue to tell yourself to find something more positive to focus on about so-and-so. That's all I'm saying. And it is not going to necessarily be easy. I mean, if, if you're trained... Uh, in in the, the human mind, the synapses are firing, and if like if you go to the to work the same route every single day, the same synapses fire. But if you change your route, different synapses fire. Is one example of how uh, your brain chemistry and, and the, the the things that go on in there, the electrical impulses can change based on what you decide to do. So if you're deciding to go in that different, more positive direction, your your uh, your routine is to be negative. So of course it's going to be a challenge to to go in a different direction. But you can use every instance of your negative negativity to essentially be the reminder that you should shift your perspective. I, I have to agree. Ontologically, he has to change how he is is with people. So, I mean, uh, for, for his own sake, not for the the the, the other people. Um, for his own sake, uh, if if he wants to have a a, a fruitful life, it seems to me that that's yeah. that's what he's got to do. Yeah, when you're dealing with people, you want to feel positive. You want to feel good. You want them to feel good about you. And if you're feeling good about you, then they're more likely to feel good about you. But if you're feeling bad because of whatever factors you believe you should be feeling bad about, that's going to come off in your actions. It's going to come off in your uh, your dealings with people, where whether you're at work or in, a, in other interactions at a party or something like that. Really, it's all about how you choose to interact with people. So... You can focus on all the bad stuff you want, and then that's more of what you're going to see. And I think that if you focus on more of the positive things, it can help. I'm not saying it's going to be an immediate turnaround for you, and I'm not saying it won't be. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it is a simple process. And there's a difference between something that's simple and something that's easy. I would concur. Some of the most simple things in life can be very, very difficult. Like. It's a simple idea to get people to think about uh, rejecting violence in their lives and not aggressing against their neighbors. But is it easy? Not necessarily. 1-800-259-9231. Is it worth doing? Hell yes, it is. So you take control. And if you've got advice for Max, chime in here at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, and that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the archives, wiki updates, and more. We give it all away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. Check out Bureau Crash's Pod Crash, where your host, Zach Fix, provides an interesting, principled look at the issues. Listen in as, you, as uh, they discuss activism, market alternatives to government services, and cultural issues with liberty-minded thinkers, musicians, entrepreneurs, and activists. Part entertaining, part informative, always pro-freedom at BureauCrash.com. That's BureauCrash.com. So uh, we're going to get into another email from you, Mark, here in a moment. But since we're talking about Bureaucrash, last night I uh, brought up Bureaucrash Social, which is their new social networking website, which I think I'm a big fan of. I like it a lot. And I was reading a, uh, a post from one of the, the message boards over there at Bureaucrash Social about the Free State Project and be, being critical towards us for being biased. And, and I actually only got through half of the post, so I wanted to complete the, uh, the, the critique here. Uh, it's, a, it's critique from a guy named Cap'n Jeremy on one of the Free State Project threads where the, the critics have come out of the woodwork. And they, was it critical uh, to Free Talk Live? Yes. Okay. Both uh, Free State Project and Free Talk Live. I hadn't gotten to the Free Talk Live critique portion. So he's talking about the Free State Project, which is a movement to, uh, to, to get as many liberty-loving activists all to move to the same geographic place as possible, and that place is New Hampshire. And some people aren't too happy with that particular situation, and they are defending uh, – or they're, they're attacking the Free State Project for various different reasons. Uh, so let me get into this here as far as what Captain Jeremy has to say, so continuing from last night. He says, moving across the country will not intimidate nor change the politicians or the people or the general mindset this country has. Well, first of all, I don't think the intent of the Free State Project is to really do anything on a national scale. I think right. the intent. I, I, well, it may, maybe um, sort of as setting an example for the nation, but I think that the intent is to create a more free state. Right. And one place. Th- that's it. I mean, you know, may, certainly some people here want us to secede. I'm one of them. I don't think that the, it, it seems like a really uh, a far-fetched idea that everybody voting to, to secede. However, it does. What doesn't seem far-fetched to me is. Uh, you know, adding 20,000 people to the uh, population, uh, 20,000 influential people to the population because they'd be activists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd be voting. They'd be talking to family and friends and sort of tipping the scales, as it were, toward, you know, more towards, uh, you know, smaller government, uh, you know, downsizing the government. I think that, that makes perfectly good sense. I think that. Um, poly- and the idea that there's an attitude in this country. There isn't an attitude in this country. What do you mean? There's an attitude, attitude d- individually in different people. And it differs. And oh, the mindset. That yeah. mindset changes from location to location. If you're talking about the average mindset, the, right. the whole mind, it's different in Santa Cruz, California, than it is in Manchester, New Hampshire, so than it is in Sarasota, Florida. You're calling out this guy's collectivist uh, terms here. I mean, saying that there is such a thing as a general mindset in this country is 
it's right. just not accurate. Right. It's it's a collectivist term, and you can if if you do use it in in its collectivist form, you can't say that it's uh, you, that it's true from one place to the to the next to the next. It's sort of more regional, and in some cases, it's from from town to town. This is true. In fact, uh, to, to, to dissect what he said even more here, he says moving across the country won't intimidate or change the politicians. Well, actually, it has changed the politicians. It does intimidate them. They, well, I mean, the, the fact they're scared. Is, uh, the, the, you know, the, there's local politicians here who have been researching our show and us and, oh, and yeah. trying to find out all they can as far as weak links with this free state project. These people are dangerous. They and, want to take get rid of our government. And they want if, to come here and change things. Well, and even if the old politicians don't change, we've already seen evidence that the politicians are changing because the politically active free staters have gotten involved in the Republican and, uh, and Democrat parties up here. The Republican Liberty Caucus specifically, I believe, has been essentially subsumed by the liberty activists in the state at this point, uh, from my understanding at least. And uh, so they've successfully changed out a handful of politicians from the House of Representatives. There are now over four, I think some people have said as many as six, I still haven't gotten the exact number on this, but uh, at least four Free State Project members that are in the House of Representatives. And, and the, so that's changed. Not to mention that there are 90-something New Hampshire Liberty Alliance endorsees in the, uh, in the House. So the idea that you can't have an effect, just not so. We are having an effect, and I understand why, why somebody wouldn't want to move across the country. Sure. I get Inconvenient. it. Inconvenient. I don't want to move. I didn't want to move across the country. I would have much rather stayed right where I was in beautiful Sarasota, Florida that I was born in and knew people in and all that other stuff. But to me, liberty seemed important. Now, you can agree with this system or not agree with this system. That's that's fine. But, you know, when you make assertions, you're going you're gonna to hear from us on it. He says you should get informed and inform your friends and loved ones and live free regardless of the blatant perversion of the law. And, you know, I agree with all that. I, I agree with getting I informed. I don't disagree with that. And I agree with living as free as possible. And that's generally what I do in my life. However, I get upset when I see people being thrown in prison cells for attempting to live free. When I see people, you know, to use the war on drugs as an example, because it's the most prolific, I believe, of all of them. When I see people getting thrown behind bars because they had a plant in their pocket, it really kind of pisses me off. Because I don't like the fact that my friends and my family members are being oppressed because they're attempting to live free and maybe made a mistake and got caught at attempting to live free. Right. Living free doesn't amount to anything. The fact is there's something like 60 or 80 million Americans that don't pay in federal income tax. Well, what, what is that doing? Is it, is it stopping the government from growing? Because nope. I don't think so. They've been doing it quite some time. They'll just print more money. You've got to, you know, you have to get involved in the government in some way, whether it's, uh, you know, through civil disobedience and affecting the government or through, you know, electing people. In some way or another, you have to get in there and do something. So it's fine with me if you want to live free. Okie dokie. However, don't say that it's going to do anything, because it's not. Well, he says, I feel this will help you attain freedom in your own lifetime far more so than moving to New Hampshire and getting arrested with a bunch of strangers will. Number one, misconception is that the Free State Project is all about getting arrested. No, the Free State Project is about moving liberty activists to one place. Those liberty activists are then free to do what they want. A handful of them, and I mean no more than a handful at this point, have gotten themselves arrested doing things like non-cooperation and civil disobedience. Right, you like the the, the, um, non-cooperation thing so therefore we talk about it here a great deal on the show and I think that it has merit so I don't you know disagree with that but right and there's also this sort of anti-social statement at the end suggesting that these are strangers and no 
you obviously, uh, Cap and Jeremy, have no clue what the uh, community of liberty activists is like up here. The moment you arrive in New Hampshire, should you wish it, you will have activists at your house to help you unload your moving truck. Guess what? That's your first opportunity, provided you've not been here for Porkfest or the Liberty Forum or some of the other events, or you have not been to, to, uh, to, to visit New Hampshire. That will be your first opportunity to get to know some of these nice folks that have moved here like you have for the Liberty Movement. I know people don't believe this, but it's true. They will be there to help you unpack. They were here for us, and this uh, last weekend, I had uh, more than a dozen people come out and help me split wood for um, you know the, the new uh, wood stove And that you I went outside. out to help raise a barn the, the weekend before that. Yep. And uh, there's a real camaraderie here. There's real friendships being built. And these people, yeah, they moved away from their friends and family, many of them. And so they're looking for new friends. These aren't strangers. They might start strangers like... The moment you arrive, they might be a stranger if you've not talked to them online, but you're going to get to know them unless, for whatever reason, you're an antisocial. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. We'll talk to Erica here. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please. Take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. We've been talking uh, a lot, as always, about the Free State Project, and we're going to get into some critique about Free Talk Live here in a little bit, uh, but we're going to go back to the phone calls first. But I do want to mention to uh, to you that the Free State Project is coming out with the Liberty Forum for 2009. It is going going to be at the Crown Plaza Hotel, which is where it was held last year. Uh, we're going to be there again, as we were in the last two years, and we're looking forward to meeting you there, and you're going to have a chance not to just meet us, because who the hell are we, uh, but also you're going to be able to meet real superstars like Glenn Jacobs from the WWE, you might know him as Kane, Dr. Mary Ruart, the author of Healing Our World, and the almost Libertarian presidential candidate this year, the woman who should have been the Libertarian presidential candidate, she will be there. David Nolan, founder of the Libertarian Party, uh, Adam Kokesh from Iraq Veterans against the war. Richard Heller will be keynoting. He's the guy involved in the Heller versus DC, uh, DC gun case from over the summer. He's a Free State Project member. So is Glenn Jacobs. And who knows, maybe one of those other names we might get signed up as a Free State Project member over the weekend, if all goes well. But if you're there, you're going to have a good time because you're going to get to meet those big names. Plus, you're going to get to meet the people that are making a difference here in New Hampshire. We talk a lot about the Free Staters. We talk a lot about the Liberty Activists. They're all going to be there, or at least most of them. Most of the people that call this show probably going to be in attendance at the Liberty Forum. And so you have a chance to uh, network and socialize and libate, party after hours and have a good time, panel discussions, uh, keynote speakers. It's a great Liberty Convention, and probably the biggest one you've ever been to. FreeStateProject.org just keeps getting bigger every year. FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum to get signed up to learn more and use our discount code 2009FTL for a savings of 10%. That's 2009FTL at FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Erica in Rhode Island. Erica, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, guys. How are you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Doing great. Yeah, well... 
Okay, I'm a senior at the local public high school, unfortunately. And I'm in this um, honors economics class that I enrolled in, which I'm starting to regret signing up for. I mean, it was pretty interesting at first. We spent a lot of time talking about, you know, Adam Smith, supply and demand, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this week it was finally too much. We spent the entire week talking about Keynes and FDR's New Deal, Hmm. which the teacher basically used to launch into a patronizing speech about how he thinks that true capitalism can no longer work and would be (laughs) destined for failure. And uh, the only reason that we would not sing from the current recession to depression is because of all the government standards protecting us from the problems of the free market. (laughs) Because the free market would result in the enslavement of mankind. People getting shoddy products, uh, yeah. you know, because it, it's cheaper to produce crap, working in awful conditions, uh, uh, items than it is to produce good stuff. Right, and they'll be working in awful, terrible conditions, and the quality of life will just decline and decline. The reason why we have a great quality of life is because of government intervention, which is, of course, why things are so great in North Korea and Cuba. Oh, wait a minute. Well, so what did you say to this guy when he was, or this lady, or whoever she is, uh, the teacher, when uh, this was brought up? Did you get a chance to discuss? Uh, you know, this is the thing. The class is at like 7.30 in the morning. There's very little I can cohere- I can coherently argue at 7.30 in the morning. I am with you. When I was in my senior year in high school, uh, was, economics was my first class, and I don't remember one thing from it. I slept through virtually the entire thing, which is probably a yeah. good thing, because everything I know about economics I learned after the fact. I learned after high school. Yeah, and, and basically in my experience, like I, I've tried to argue with him before, not, not even on this, on on other subjects and basically what it will end up being is the entire class will take his side if i try to argue with him mm. and then it, it's very hard, hard to argue against the teacher and the textbook which supports the teacher sure yeah you, you're basically being shouted down by the rest of the class huh yeah basically that's a I mean, I, I was reading to the textbook and, and the, the textbook was getting me pissed off too it, it was saying that um the reason that fdr's new deal didn't work is because a they didn't spend enough money <laughs> And B, because people weren't competent in the system. I mean, here's a quote from the book was that uh, government spending never truly cured the economy, not because it was economically unsound, but because it was ideologically upsetting. And people didn't agree with it. And that's apparently why it didn't work, not because it didn't make any sense. Well, because because the average individual just didn't go along with the socialist program. And if mm. they would have, it would have worked. Total compliance would have solved the problem, Mark. Total obedience. As though you're going right. to get that anywhere. Yeah. Amazing. So, uh, so is this a semester-long class? Are you almost done with it, or do you have to go through the rest of the year of this thing? It's through the rest of the year, and the oh, second man. part of the year is called "quote-unquote" labor history, whatever that means. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds exciting. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah. And of um, course, you've got to play by the rules to get a good grade. So you have to answer the the, the test questions with what the book says you need to answer. It and with. it's too late to uh, get drop out and get it incomplete, or um, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's high school. I don't think there is an incomplete for for high school. Uh, yeah, basically. Anyway, I, I was calling to see if, I mean, despite the fact that I have this class so early in the morning, what, what are your suggestions for maybe any arguments that I could possibly present to this guy? Because it seems like every time I try to throw something out there, it just gets immediately shot down and doesn't get me anywhere. Well, it, it 
I, you know, I, all I would be saying is, is you're not dealing with the market here. I mean, obviously we've been, we've been talking about Keynes and, you know, now you're talking about a semi-socialist uh, system up to this point. So why is it that you're blaming this on the free market? This isn't a free market that we're talking about. And you've, you know, it's pretty clear that we haven't had a free market at any point in, um, United States history. Why is the free market getting blamed for this? You know, likely if yeah. they're, yeah, bl- he, he's constantly blaming quote unquote deregulation for our current problems. I wouldn't disagree that deregulation is to blame in some cases, but because what deregulation means uh, as a it's uh, you know what he's likely not saying and what it really means is taking away the regulations that some business that the bus- the businesses in power and the men in power don't want. Right, those who have the licenses are deregulated while those who are outside the loop, those who don't have the government licenses are still prevented from getting the licenses and getting into competing. So it essentially loosens up the game for government's approved players, but that's about it. It doesn't allow any new blood into the uh, to the marketplace. Deregulation doesn't mean getting rid of the regulations. Deregulation means get, getting rid of the regulations that we don't want or changing the yeah. regulations that we don't like. To uh, benefit our buddies in corporate industry. Because the fact is the regulations are written by the people who are in power in these industries. So and, true. And it's, it's never going to change that way, um, you know, change from that way, teacher. You know it's true. Or, you know, if you want to go a completely different route, at some point you could try to reveal the gun in the room and see what he res- how he responds to that. I mean, I'm not sure what the topic at hand would, would be, but uh, you're familiar with the gun in the room, right? Yeah. The, the whole idea that whatever government does is backed up by the threat of violence and just simply ask, well, would you have me thrown in a, in a prison cell if I disagree with you? If I don't agree with yeah. your plan, your master plan for the, the 21st century New Deal, I'm sure he supports the new proposed 21st century New Deal. Hey, if I don't agree with your plan and I don't want to pay for it, would you have me locked in a prison cell? See what he says yeah, well, to that from the class. The thing is, I'm not even sure how far that would get me. I remember once about a month ago trying to argue um, like against Social Security, and he's totally for universal health care. Mm. I was trying to argue against that, and even like saying that giving people... Oh, you're breaking up a little even, bit on a cell phone, I presume. What was that you just said? Go back one sentence. Um, he was saying that... Well, I was trying to argue that um, universal health care is basically forcing people... To, into something that they might not want mm-hmm. and socializing the whole thing. But he was saying, and for, for Social Security, I was trying to argue against that, too. And his basic argument was that people are stupid, therefore the government has to take care of them. Yep. Um, you're going you're gonna to find this. and An academic would think that, of course. Right. You're going to find this with uh, the, the effete liberals, as uh, some people would call them, because they believe they know better. But the fact is, you teacher will never be in charge you know that the social security system has been abused by the politicians since its inception 75 years ago they rob it on a regular basis and he'll agree with this because he is a democrat um it would have worked if the politicians wouldn't have taken the money well you've got nothing to do with that because they're going to take the money because you're never going to be in power what you're proposing is a a system of with greater power over the american citizen that you're not going to control and is never going to work the way you want it to erica good luck in there and let us know what happens will you all right. All right, cool. You. And send us a picture for the Shrine of Female listeners when you get a moment, but it can't be one of those naughty pictures. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Like we were talking about an hour one, significant amounts of teenagers are taking pictures Erica of themselves all naked-ish and distributing them. Uh, so, yeah, we can't put that up on our website. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go and learn how to promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Various different ways to help get Free Talk Live into new ears all around the world. You can help us out by going to promote.freetalklive.com. And if you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. And now is the time to incorporate. That way you can get the benefits of incorporation for the whole year of 08. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents there, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your your order. It doesn't matter if it's incorporation or whatever. LegalZoom.com. All right, as we continue with your phone calls, Matt is on the line in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to uh, say something to uh, Erica. Erica, the young uh, high school lady who is uh, having a conflict with her teacher in the economics class she's taking. Of course, the teacher is taking a very pro-government socialist position, and that's, of course, the position of the book that they're, they, that is being taught from. And so naturally, the whole class thinks she's a crackpot for talking about uh, pro-freedom, Austrian economics, stuff like that. Your thoughts? Uh, well, first off, she said, um, you know, I understand her um, hesitancy to argue with a teacher. Uh, my son has a, uh, it's called resource class, where they help him do homework and stuff, and he argues with this teacher all the time. My son's an anarchist, and the mm-hmm. teacher calls him a communist. <laughs> so the teacher doesn't even know the difference between a communist and an anarchist, which is, like, completely opposite. Probably doesn't care either. <laughs> Probably not. Um, uh, but what I was going to suggest to her is that she get the book, uh, Mary Ruard's book, Healing Our World. That's a good suggestion. It has some really good stuff in it on economics, and she can maybe work that into conversations. I think that's a good point because uh, Dr. Mary Roar does a really great job in that book of tying in the sort of viewpoint of wanting to help people with economics and showing how it is more economically feasible uh, to help people with, which is, of course, what most liberals want or socialists propose to want. Uh, is to help the poor. And so Ruart shows that you can help the poor more by actually allowing each individual to decide for themselves how to distribute the money that they earn. But then again, that's not going to uh, – that particular position, while it might sound good to some, somebody who believes that individuality is a good thing, if you're this, uh, this academic teacher who believes that, well, everybody else but you is stupid, uh, that everybody else well, but you is, is, is just a dum-dum. Well, it's the role of the teacher, too, is to be the smart one, and the role of the students is to – to listen to what the teacher says and believe what the teacher says. So, I mean, you've you've got that social, um, you know, role situation going on, too. Right. Like I said, I understand the hesitancy, but, you know, it's a matter of how you bring it up, too, Mm -hmm. the the attitude you take toward it. Maybe bring it up as a question. And if you get the other kids in the class listening to them, maybe one or two of them might actually have a couple of brain cells rub together and ignite and say, hey, that makes sense to to us. I mean, kids are smart. And one of the problems, I think, with the um, what's this, the, the, uh, the system of schooling that we have is the teachers treat them like they're dumb. Yeah. And they're not. And, you, you know, when I was in school, I had good teachers, I guess, because they always treated me like I was smart, like I shouldn't know how to do it. I was taught how to think. 
And I don't think they do that in schools anymore. I don't think they teach you how to think. I think a lot of so, parents yeah. think that their kids are, are dumb. I mean, that they're not as... Uh, I think that a lot of parents are, are sort of falling into that trap, too. And so they get it at both at school and at home, and it just reinforces that mentality, and it's really dangerous. I, I, I would tend to agree with that. I, I had to um, go through a couple of years where I, at one point, was yelling at my son, look... You're not stupid. Quit believing that you're dumb. Quit pretending that you're dumb because you're not and you know it. Right. Just and, because um, somebody, just because an adult has more life experience doesn't mean that they're smarter necessarily. Uh, the young people can be very, very intelligent. And I think that, you know, just, I mean, just as an aside, as I don't have kids, I can't speak from experience. But I treat animals like dogs and cats as though they're much smarter than most people believe that they are. And it turns out that they're a lot smarter than I think most people believe them to be. So I think it's the same thing with uh, with young human beings. People just attribute to them being ignorant. or I mean, they, they, just because they're ignorant of some things, they attribute that to stupidity. And it's just not the case. And, you know, it, that goes back to what you were talking about earlier in the show, where you were talking about why kids don't want to go to school. Is that a clue? Maybe yeah. they don't like being told. Or maybe the girl didn't like being told she was stupid yeah. or being, uh, or that being implied. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but it's I a think possibility. That's a, I think that's a fair speculation. I think it's probably accurate in several cases. Absolutely. Any other thoughts for I, us, Matt? The, uh, last night I called, and, and you were talking about what could happen in Illinois that would make people wake up. And I, I was thinking about that today. Now, there was a storm here last night, mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of cities that decided not to salt the roads. So some of these roads that I drive on were really, really bad. This morning, I expected them to be clear, and I was late for work, and there was a lot of other people, and we were all hopping mad about that. Mm. And uh, the excuse that they gave is, well, there's no money. Well, we <laughs> pay high taxes here. We're, I'm in a, in a, in a, a high-taxed neighborhood with, yeah. pro, with high property tax. That ain't going to cut it. And that, at one point in time, back in the late 70s, cost one of the mayors of Chicago his job. So that might be something that people sit up and take notice. Clearing the roads? Uh, I would hope so. Um, the fact is, it doesn't cost that money for uh, that much money for salt and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. The money in, in most communities is going towards the uh, bureaucrats at the school. Yes, it is. And, 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 60% around here. You know, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Give the janitors a day off, um, an unpaid <laughs> day off or something like that. Let the school be dirty one day or something like that. There's all kinds of ways to uh, to, to handle uh, budget crunches, but they're, they're never going to do that because there's no union uh, protecting the roads. Well, isn't New Hampshire just shutting down jury trials for an entire yeah, month? It's, it's hilarious. Look, the Free State Project won. <laughs> the judicial well, system shut know. down in New Hampshire. I don't know about that. <laughs> that means that the people that are expecting a trial that are perhaps – this is they're shutting down all jury trials, civil trials, criminal trials, all the jury trials being shut down for a month. Because they just they claim they don't have enough money. Right. Well, um, the the one thing you're not seeing there, yes, some people are going to sit in jail, and that is unfortunate. Um, so much for the right to a speedy trial. Right. And they, I think that they'll have some kind of standing for a uh, a file in that, yeah, yeah and, and to be able to file in that um, arena. However, um, some people are actually going to die or um, or leave the country or whatever. Something's going to change that they're never going to get to trial. So the you know putting a trial off. If you put a trial off long enough. 
it doesn't matter anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. It is interesting, and it really just shows how tenuous the hold of the state is over the geographic boundaries that they claim dominion upon. I mean, they're literally they're teetering on the head of a pin. They're on the yep. precipice here, and it's not going to be – I don't believe it will take very much activism and effort to completely change the face of, of society. Check out this quote that we've got here from, uh, uh, from Chief Justice Broderick of the Supreme Court of New Hampshire. says. Okay. Next year's budget for the judiciary is cut 3%, as the governor has requested. I don't think we can run the justice system. <laughs> well, that's so, a shame. So a 3% cut and justice is dead in New Hampshire, huh? Not that I'm looking for um, murderers and robbers and that kind of thing to uh, go running free. But sure. I'll tell you, hey, Justice Broderick, now I know that this is pushing it and everything, but, you know, if you cut down on all those uh, pot smokers you guys were running through the system, it wouldn't cost you so much. You wouldn't have to have as many just judges and clerks and all that other. Right. You could... Solve this little problem by legalizing an ounce or less of marijuana. They don't even have They'd to legalize it. I mean, couldn't couldn't the judge basically just not hear those cases? I, it, I, a judge, judge could say, do whatever he wants. Right. I don't know what the what the results are going to be. Couldn't the him. judge order the clerk of court or the clerk or whoever it is that has the authority in this case? If the incoming the prosecutor is going to bring these cases. And the prosecutor is going to say, all right, well, we got this guy for possession, we got this guy for intent to distribute, we got this guy, all these nonviolent, consensual, so called crimes. And they could just look at him and say, well, psh, forget this. We don't have the money. Sorry. Yeah, we don't have the money. Uh, we don't have the time. Uh, we, uh, sorry, we can't run these cases. We're not going to run these cases. I mean, beyond the whole fact that it's wrong to do what they're doing, they could just say no, couldn't they? Are they obligated to take them through to the trial? I wouldn't think so because the judge, are, no. has, the judge has no obligation to convict anybody, right? I, n no, I, I would say you're, I say you're absolutely correct. They could you know, write them off the docket if they wanted to. Toll, the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We are going to continue here. Hour number three is coming up. You can bring up what you want. We'll continue. Uh, Mark, you had another email we might get to. Yep. Plus, looks like liberals are upset about Barack Obama and his choices uh, for his little cabinet ministers. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This show is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, those features include everything from archives to live streams and more, all available free for you at freetalklive.com. Uh, so we'll talk to you about what you want. I want to continue a uh, post from over at Bureaucrash Social, and then we'll get into an email update, Mark, that you have uh, that you've been waiting to share with us. But to uh, to wrap up this post where uh, this gentleman uh, named Captain Jeremy over at Bureaucrash Social gets critical. He's been critical of the Free State Project, and I think we pretty effectively rebutted his uh, assertions on that on those points. But now he's going to get critical toward Free Talk Live. Okay. So let's see what he has to say. And we don't get a lot of hate mail on this show, and this isn't really hate, it's just critique. So here's what he has to say. Lately on the show, other people have called in with suggestions and ideas for liberty, only to be shot down by our two hosts. 
this is ridiculous, guys. No, it's not. Um, and I'm going to stop you right there. The fact is there are good ideas to do for things for liberty, and there are bad ideas. How Sorry, about Jeremy? we form a new third party and we try to get into the debates? Yeah, that'll work. On a national work. level. Uh, how about we smear ourselves with peanut butter and write Ron Paul's name in our chest and run around naked? I mean, it's, it's, there are good ideas and there are bad ideas, Jeremy. And the fact is, some people need to be told what their problems are with their ideas. And the now, reason why... Free Talk Live's an idea. Let's hear some more uh, critique. Well, now, the reason mm. why uh, pe- some people should be told these things is because others have made those mistakes in the past. And I understand most people need to go out and make the mistakes for themselves just to really learn what the truth is. Because it's but one... But some th- people will listen... And not waste their time right. with foolish notions. Some people will understand that uh, we have had activists talking. We've talked to activists on this show, liberty activists, many of whom have been in the the movement much longer than I. I mean, I've only been doing this for a decade, uh, many or just just about a decade, I guess, at this point. Many have been doing it for three or four decades, and they know what doesn't work because they've been doing what doesn't work. And many of those activists have made the decision to come to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project because they feel as though they've exhausted the other options and that this really is the best chance for liberty in our lifetime. So with that in mind, uh, I continue the email. So he says that you can go on for hours and hours about Libertopia and all the perfect market-based solutions various people have thought up. But once someone else offers up an idea that doesn't involve the Free State Project, it's thrown out the window. No, that's not true. I think that concentrating activists is a good strategy. I don't care if it's concentrating them in Luxembourg or in New Hampshire or in Free State, you know, in Wyoming. There's a Free State Wyoming movement. It's not really much of a movement, and that's the truth. It's like a couple dozen people, I think, at this point, but it's something. I like the idea of a free town project. I think that could be done anywhere that people decided to do it. I believe that a free town project where activists would target one very specific geographic area to to move to, I believe that'll be more successful in an area where the surrounding areas are also uh, infiltrated, if you will, by liberty activists, and that area, of course, would be New Hampshire. So I believe that those ideas are all best served in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, but that doesn't mean that I think they're bad ideas anywhere else. In fact, I encourage the other people that are saying to them, there are people that have said, well, I, I don't want to move to New Hampshire. I'd rather move, I'd rather stay out west. Great. Stay out west and do this out west. Have a Free State West. There is one. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's languishing to some extent. Let's compete. Let's see who can get the most liberty the fastest. Let's see who can secede the fastest. And you know what the response has been recently on some of the bureaucrat social forums by the critics, uh, namely one Mr. Liberty Pyle, who we had, a, we had an extended conversation with on the air recently. The response has been, well, well, I don't know why you try to make this out to be a competition. This is a competition to get to liberty. Well, maybe you're not competing, and that's fine. You have no obligation to compete with us. But the whole point that you're saying, the whole uh, fact that you're saying, well, this isn't a competition. What are you trying to make this a competition for? That tells me that you just aren't, that you have no sense of urgency. Yeah. That tells me that you aren't out there really doing anything particular. I mean, yeah, you're talking to your friends and your neighbors and all that's what you claim. Uh, but it doesn't really sound like you really expect to get anywhere if you can't compete with us. You know, I, I, I think perhaps when Liberty Pyle called in, we might have been a little more gentle with him. However, I found his phone call frustrating. I found that uh, he was talking about he wanted to get to Liberty, but he didn't seem to want to do anything about it. Right, and post his, on a message board. Right, his, his solutions were... Talk to the family. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to 
people about liberty and I'm going to live free. Well, that's a great thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's great for conversation if you want to drive people away because, you know, the, the vast majority of people do not want to hear political conversations. And if they were, um, do want to hear political conversations, they certainly don't want to hear your politics. They'd much rather hear their own parroted to them. You might convert one out of 20 people, and that's, that's how conversion goes, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. But to think that living free is going to work, well, that that's not going to happen. It didn't work for uh, it didn't work for David Koresh. It didn't work for the the Browns there, mm-hmm. Ed Brown. It it didn't work for like all kinds of people. Yeah, you can live free until they decide they want to take you and put you in a cage. Right. And at which point you'll negotiate with them as best you can. And um, if you don't negotiate, you'll go to jail, like Ed Brown did. So he says you you don't think there are other ways to liberty from politicians. You don't think that anyone else can have as much influence as the Free State Project? I've never said that. I don't. Th- I think that absolutely. I think the Free State Project has a big leg up on anybody at this point because we've they've, they've we've been around for uh, six five, five years something like that. I don't know four years. I think that if somebody who was like maybe a national celebrity with a big name came yeah. out as a, a pro liberty person, I think that I think that Penn and Teller have a much larger influence than the Free State Project. I think that John Stossel has a much larger influence than the Free State Project as far as on the minds of Americans. I believe those uh, those statements to be true. And I've never suggested that everything but the FSP is a bad idea. I just think most of the other ideas are bad. I think the freedom ship idea is cool. Yeah, well, the, or yeah, the seasteading. I've yeah. I've been I've talked about that on the on the air several times. Right. I'm interested in it. The fact is, you've got to convince us of something that uh, makes sense. And if you come up with the same old tired ideas of starting a third party or um, you know posting uh, writing a book or posting uh, uh, blogs and all those other things, I'm not saying those are bad ideas. Is, I'm just saying you need something more. Yeah, it's more of the same. Oh, we're just going to run another ballot initiative down here in Massachusetts to get people to re- reject the income tax. Oh, it lost worse this time. Seventy percent of Massachusetts voters voted against it. Well, never fear. We're going to do it again. We're going to try again. Here's why and, it lost. It yeah. wasn't funded properly. You right. need to give more money. Right. So, so yeah, we're critical of those ideas, and that's what we're here to do. We're, I mean, I, that's one of the things I'm here to do when we talk about liberty on this show. I'm going to look at my experience. I'm going to look at the experience of some other people that we've talked to, and I'm going to add it all up, and I'm going to tell you how I see it. Now, I understand that people like Kevin Jeremy are hearing things that they, uh, you know, they, they're using selective hearing, apparently, because he's all he's hearing is that all we're doing is promoting the Free State Project and that we haven't acknowledged that anything else could be successful, and that's just not true. That's just not true. It's just that we believe this is the most likely to be successful. That's that's how I feel, and and you know I'm I'm trying to keep my mind open to things. I really do. I'll I'll grant you. That's that why we ask. Give us a call if you believe something else is a better idea. We're here. I want to hear it. I, do. I don't know if I'm wrong. By the way, um, the Ron pa- Ron Paul didn't have anything to do with uh, the Free State Project, other than he endorsed it while he was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he said, and it was it was a half-hearted endorsement. I endorse anything anybody's doing for freedom, including yeah. apparently smearing oneself with peanut butter, um, because it's anything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a nice politician thing to say, but we, Ron Paul really didn't have anything to do with the Free State Project, and we supported him. You sent him money. I sent him money. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there's Good all kinds of things that we support. Uh, downsize DC is another one. Uh, you know the I, the national RLC. I, I I'm in contact with those guys, and I hope them the best. But I don't think that there's anything that can be done on a national level. He says, "Do you really think libertarians who aren't in the Free State Project are all going through mental gymnastics to convince themselves that other solutions might be viable?" 
Well, I don't think that, no, I don't think that uh, humans uh, have a tendency not to critique their own actions. Uh, they're, they're very good at that. And so, no, I don't think they're going through mental gymnastics. I think they just got confirmation bias. Yeah. They've uh, written off the Free State Project, and I think that there are some problems. Because it's prob- inconvenient. There, there's some problems with the Free State Project. Absolutely. I'd say that. Things could have gone much more quickly. If you look at how quickly people joined up in originally in like the first 3,000 people, it was skyrocketing. And then it kind of leveled out and plateaued. It, uh, now, recently, it's amazingly really been picking up since Obama got elected. There's we're getting something like 100 uh, a month. Uh, is that sign- true? Yeah, it is. It's absolutely wow. true. I've been watching it. I, every day I check the numbers, it's going up that quickly. That's cool. We're almost 9,000 now. By almost, I mean within... 100 or so. No, within 7 or so. What? I was just looking the other night. Let me take a look again. I'm but, pretty sure uh, you're wrong. I think it's like around 8,900. Anyway, we're talking about the Free State Project. Uh, there's a little more critique here, and we want to hear from you as well at 800-259-9231. Have you got a better idea to achieve liberty in our lifetime? We'd love to hear it from you, whatever it is. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their site. We have updates on ours and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's all totally free. You can get on the updates list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That, again, is updates.freetalklive.com. More than 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email. Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's both private and confidential and is guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. You can go over to PrivacyHarbor.com and uh, sign up for a free account today. PrivacyHarbor.com. So back to the critical post over at Bureaucrash Social in their forums, one of the posts about the Free State Project and about Free Talk Live and our support of the Free State Project. They get critical about that here in a moment. Uh, But he's talking about how it is that we seem to be critical, at least to his mind, uh, on any sort of solution that doesn't involve moving to New Hampshire as far as achieving liberty in our lifetime. Well, because, Mark, you and I are both participants in the Free State Project. And the Free Free State Project requires people to move, so therefore we're very evangelical. Evangelical um, in getting people to move. We want people, you know, good liberty-minded people to move to New Hampshire. And if I didn't believe that the Free State Project was indeed the best chance at liberty in our lifetime, then I wouldn't have moved here. I wouldn't have come here, and I wouldn't be talking about it on on the show. I mean, yes, they are a sponsor, and we'll address that here in a moment. But I wouldn't be discussing it to the extent that we do. I mean, people pay for sponsorships. They get a certain amount. Sometimes we give them a little bonus, but the Free State Project gets all kinds of bonus on this show. The Free State Uh, Project, we talked about them before they were a sponsor. Exactly. We were members before they were sponsors. Um, The reason we went after them is because we believe so strongly in the product. I thought they'd make a great advertiser for the show. And, and it's they, true, they and, do. Yeah, that actually, they started off with a small amount of, uh, you know, um, you know, investment, and then they got larger and larger, and you know, I, I guess they've pared down a little bit because of budgetary concerns. But everybody's got those these days. So he says, do you think the libertarians who aren't in the Free State Project are all going through mental gymnastics to convince themselves that other solutions might be viable? And what he's suggesting there is that uh, that. That these people that still believe that they have a shot where they are are going through some sort of – that we believe they're going through some mental gymnastics to convince themselves otherwise. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that, as you said, Mark, uh, cognitive uh, dissonance, uh, they are essentially – they don't want to face 
what it is that we're saying. I mean, can you imagine you you're comfy where you are? You're comfy, and you were comfy where you were, Mark. You didn't really want to leave. Like, no. kind of, you kind of followed me up here to, to some extent. I, I, I was a, you know, essentially a signer of the Free State Project because I believe in it, and I know that they have to have people to sign up for it to work. But you were going to wait until 20000 Yeah, I, was, I wasn't moving until it got to 20000 I didn't know when that was going to be, and it seemed like it was going to be a long ways off. So you were comfy. You didn't want to go anywhere. It's easy to stay where you are. I mean, an object at rest tends to stay at rest and all of that. So uh, so you're involved in some level of liberty activism, maybe with the Libertarian Party or the Campaign for Liberty or something like that, where you currently are. And, you you know, you're out there running a candidate, getting 3 percent or 2 percent or less or whatever it is you're, you're doing or trying to fight against some new tax increase and patting yourself on the back because you got 20 percent of the people to vote for it. Whatever it is that you're doing that's not really resulting in any significant uh, holding the line against the state because the state's growing everywhere. Even here in New Hampshire, uh, the the state is growing. It still is. Uh, We're we're slowing the growth of the state here in New Hampshire with the 600 movers we've got in the Free State Project. So the line has not even been held yet here. Um, So I know where you are, the state's getting bigger, because if it wasn't, I'm sure we'd be getting wind of that on this liberty-oriented talk show. Someone would say, hey, guess what, guys? Illinois just cut their budget by... 25 <laughs> percent so it's hilarious uh so so i know where the the mental position is to say well what i'm doing here feels like it's effective i'm reaching out to people they're they're they like the message uh i've done outreach i've uh talked to people at gun shows and pride fests and uh, various other events and they are very receptive to the to the message of liberty it's just getting them to do something about it that's the tricky part so it's easy to pat yourself on the back and say and feel like you're having some sort of effect that this must be working that eventually something's going to break the straw's going to break the, the camel's back all of a sudden this influx of new liberty activists is going to come into the movement where you are and uh, the tides are going to turn and the state's going to just shrink back and die off and it's a wonderful positive view and I I I don't blame you for wanting to feel that way and I'm not saying that everybody feels this way I'm talking about how I might have felt in the past talking about my personal experience doing outreach, I felt like I was doing something good. And I know I was, because I did uncover some good activists, and all of those good activists I uncovered, by the way, are now Free State Project members. One of them lives here. The other one will be here uh, next year. So uh, I understand the position of wanting to stay where you are. It's just more convenient. You want to feel like you can win where you are, because, damn it, it's your home. You want to be able to free your home. You want to be able to have your friends be free and your family be free. And you want to be able to cut taxes back and have more ability to choose for yourself what you want in your life. And you want to be able to do it where you are. So when somebody tells you, hey, guess what? All these activists are moving to New Hampshire. And you hear some of your friends maybe in your area saying, hey, I heard about that Free State Project. I'm thinking about joining because, well, I'm tired of what's going on around here. And it sounds like they're really getting something done up there. It sounds like these are really doers. They're not just sitting around chatting about liberty. They're actually doing something. You know, that's exciting. And so as you see some of your activist friends packing up and moving to New Hampshire, it must be kind of frustrating. And I think that's where, if there are any gymnastics, that's where they would come into play. Like, well, that Free State Project, that's not, the, that's not necessarily the answer. You guys can run off and play in New Hampshire. We're going to fight it out here. We're going to dig into the trenches, and we're going to get liberty here in Arizona. Well, you know, and I think Arizona, by the way, probably has uh, one of the best shots uh, of of any of the states out there. But if you're staying in Massachusetts and fighting it out, if you're staying in New York and fighting it out, if you're staying in California or Oregon or Washington, Florida, uh, Texas, 
What are you know thinking if, about? I don't know if Arizona's that great, Joe. Or Pio's in Arizona. Mark. I, I'm, I'm just sure saying, big I, state I, stuff they, going they, on. they seem well organized in Arizona, and I don't think that I would leave a necessarily a well organized uh, active hey, group. And then, and, you know, I've always Ian, said more of, power to you. Thinking Go about ahead. thinking about uh, you know Arizona versus Florida. Think about it, man. Sitting in Sarasota, what was going on for Liberty anywhere they around? A, they had an advertisement at the bus station. In Sarasota, but That's if you right. think there was nothing going on in Miami that they were I ever heard about, some bus nothing buns. I ever heard about in Tampa, nothing I ever heard about in Orlando. They ran some candidates. They ran a full slate of candidates. Yeah, candidates are meaningless. Uh, they have to they have to do something, and, and yeah. just having somebody else on the ballot that, that signed up a piece of paper and paid their 10 bucks to be a candidate doesn't really count. They were doing outreach. There was outreach. Outreach is good. Yeah. I mean, you know, having little booths at the fairs, fine, but I don't think... I it, know, because I did it. I, I did it all. I don't think that that is going to amount to much. And that's how I felt. And I felt like I was spinning my wheels and not getting very much return on my investment. And I feel like the return on investment here in New Hampshire, as far as activism is concerned, is far greater than anywhere else. There's some lawsuits being filed in Arizona. They're, they're working on this, uh, you know, speed ticket... Uh, camera thing. Uh, they've they've got you know they got some stuff going on there. I just the state's getting bigger. That's the end of the story. So it is in New Hampshire too. It is in New Hampshire too. But our activist ranks are getting bigger here faster than anywhere else. I agree That's with true, that. I agree it? with that. However, um, what I'm saying is, is I'd be less likely to leave Arizona because if if liberty is what I was concerned with, then I would be to leave California. For God's sakes, if you live in California, move to New Hampshire. So all I'm saying is I understand where you're coming from if you feel like you should stay where you are. And if that's what you feel like, go ahead. Fight it out. Fight the good fight, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And then when you finally come to the conclusion that it's not working out how you intended it to work out, then we'll be here in New Hampshire. And we'll be having successes. And we'll be telling you about our successes. And you'll be welcome to join us. We'll be waiting here with open arms for you. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. going to jump back into the calls here. Just two more quick paragraphs from this uh, post over at Bureaucrash Social, critical of Free Talk Live and the Free State Project, which we have to be big fans of on the show. He says, the fact of the matter, this is Captain Jeremy writing, he says, the fact of the matter is that the Free State Project is merely one solution to this multifaceted problem, and it is definitely not the final solution or the only solution. It's also, no, we've never said it was uh, the final or, well, we might have said it was the only solution, but we've changed our view, I think, at this point to say that it's the best solution, in our opinion. Uh, and he says, it's also one of the sponsors of your show, so I can understand why you guys are so stubborn about it. Well, we are, as Look, you mentioned, Mark, we have not- been promoting the Free State Project since long before they were sponsors of this show. We were giving them free promotions a couple years before they actually bought and it. the amount of money that the Free State Project puts towards the show, I mean, I don't want to be disparaging towards the project, but it's a not-for-profit organization. Um, it's it, it's by no means the amount of money that's going to make or break Free Talk Live. SACL CAI, on the other hand, would be in something We'd entirely... Be right. <laughs> it, that would be something entirely different. Without the AMP program, 
program, that'd be something entirely different. What the Free State Project uh, is is you know, get, contributing towards ads. And haven't I been critical of the Free State Project? I have said on this show more than once that the Free State Project leadership uh, is very bureaucratic, the way it's set up. I've had my cri- cri- uh, critiques. I've actually been somewhat concerned that they might pull advertising from us for being so critical on this program. So there have been things that we've said on this show that have been critical towards some of the decisions the Free State Project board members have made. I, I critique the fact that the, the board members are appointed. At one point, there used to be an elect, uh, election process for board members. Now they just appoint one another. I think there's some real problems with the organization. But luckily, we don't talk about the organization. It's the idea that counts. Right. And the idea is sound, and whether it's in New Hampshire or Wyoming or Europe or wherever the, the movement to concentrate activists ends up being. And the, the, um, the organization is only the, uh, the, the board that was put in place to execute the idea. Once you move to – you never have to deal with the, the board, as it were. Well, you did when you were trying to get something done recently. You were trying to do a call-out project. And it yep. was just the board was dragging their feet. Bureaucratic. Well, it wasn't just it wasn't just the board. That, I mean, that, there's all around. I was having problems, but yeah, you know, it nothing's fast. Um, you know, in dealing with other a committee. people, yeah. and it's a committee of people too. So it's the problem of centralization, command and control, and we've been very critical uh, in those uh, those aspects. But critical of the idea? No, I think the idea is pure brilliance. I agree that and, the idea is sound, and the idea is sound anywhere that you can get activists to gather. And I think what bothers these critics is that it's New Hampshire. I think they would have loved it had it been Arizona right. or California if it was or Free State Project Bimini. I yeah. mean, you know, <laughs> where you could sell uh, chicks in bikinis to people. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. But the fact is, you can't find something like that. There isn't a small geographic state in America, um, in the South. Uh, the the farthest South one is Delaware, right. and Delaware's sitting right on the border there with uh, you know New Jersey, Pennsylvania, right next to New York City. I'm sorry, it's just uh, you know it's 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 not a good choice. So the, the uh, what they what they called the New Hampshire Mafia who who intended to get the Free State Project moved to New Hampshire? They had a really good idea. Now there maybe there's some other states out there you can critique, but Delaware isn't one of them. So so I say get out there and compete because we are competing for your activists. I mean let's be honest. I think that's another reason why these people are resentful toward the Free State Project is we're competition for their liberty movement. I mean, in some way, if New Hampshire is successful at seceding or getting a, a, a vast amount of liberty in comparison to the other states, that'll, I think, help the people in the other states because they'll be incentivized to get more active and, and have some liberty where they are because that it'll be something people want. They'll realize that it's good. But that's really long term. Short term, you're losing activists. Short term, you are hemorrhaging. If you are somewhere else besides New Hampshire, you're hemorrhaging activists. People are leaving where you are and they're coming here. And I think that bothers some of the people who are into staying where they are. And I understand. That would bother me. If I was felt like I was stuck in Sarasota, Florida, and I saw people like Menno Troyer and uh, Neil Connor and some of these other great activists that were from that area moving out and moving to New Hampshire, I'd be really frustrated by that. Oh, well, I'd be I, like, hey, guys, why don't you stay here and help us fight it out here? What I hear from this guy, um, and I, 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 I understand it, is when somebody's biased, I don't trust them. And what he hears is bias in our voice. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Jeremy, I'm biased for the Free State Project. It should be crystal clear. I am yeah. biased for the Free State Project. Absolutely. I've looked at all of these problems. I've looked at all the solutions I can come up with. And to me, the best solution is the Free State Project for getting liberty in our lifetimes. Will it work? 
I don't know. Maybe, but I think it's got a heck of a lot better chance than starting a third party, you know, starting up uh, another third party because the, the Libertarian Party has been taken over. Or, uh, you know, or the, meeting Ron, at Bennigan's once a week to Ron talk Paul's about. Ron Paul's campaign for liberty? What's that going to do? It's going to, you know, finance probably some good people um, to run against incumbents. But what's your chance of winning against an incumbent? Not Slim. Sorry. It's going to be a heck of a lot uh, easier when you're up here in one state concentrated. Free staters and, already have wins in their pocket. Yep. So uh, finally, during, during an election, by the way, where Republicans, um, the, the Republicans won seats, but it was uh, New Hampshire. It was a Liberty, slaughter. It was a, well, it was a slaughter, but they won seats in the sense of from where they were previously. Yeah. But the seats they won were all New Hampshire Liberty Alliance seats. The fact is, it would, the, law, the Republicans would have been killed even more if, and I, why they all chose to run as Republicans in 2008 when they could have run as Democrats is beyond me. But why they all, uh, and one of them didn't, one of them ran as Democrat. But the only seats that were won in the state were won by NHLA endorsees. So he says that New Hampshire, or excuse me, Free Talk Live should rename itself to Free State Project Talk Live since freedom outside the Free State Project doesn't seem to be an option for you guys. Really, sour milk, my friend. Well, sour milk. You know, it's clear that we have our preferences on this show, yep. but every time, almost every time, we throw the question out there. If you've got something better, call in and tell us about it. If you're doing activism, call and tell us about it. We have people call in to tell us about what they're doing where they are, and and that's great. You should be doing activism where you are if you feel like you have to stay there. Tell us about it. Tell, how, tell us how successful you've been. Tell us about what's worked. Tell us about what hasn't worked. This is Free Talk Live, and people can call in from wherever they are, whether it's next door or halfway across the world, and tell us about whatever they want to talk about, whether it's something, you know, donuts, or whether it's liberty activism. Whatever you want to talk about goes on this show. Nothing has changed as far as the basic format of this show. Right. Just because we're getting calls from activists in New Hampshire, and just because we're involved in activism in New Hampshire, obviously means that it's going to have a bit of a flavor to it, and that's just more evidence that there's more activism going on in New Hampshire, because they're Calling us. And every one of these talk shows out there, they all have their shtick. The fact is, you could rename Rush Limbaugh Republican Limbaugh. I mean, because he believes that you should vote for Republicans. That's the solution to all of our problems. If you'll just vote for Republicans, we'll fix it. Yes, there's some Republicans with problems, but once we get in charge, we'll uh, be take care of our own. You know, at, at so call anytime and tell us about all the great successes you're having where you are. It'll be exciting. We look, we really look forward to hearing your story. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. John in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John in hey, Connecticut. How you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind, John? Um, well, actually, I've been waiting so long now. Uh, you guys are really beating a dead horse tonight, but just to let you know. Okay. Um, You've been waiting 20 minutes, John. Go ahead. Some people yeah, wait for yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit more than that. But anyway, I called the other night, and we were on a discussion of um, the free talk or what is the free state project. I'm just kind of wondering what the um, uh, what the goal is, just so I can understand. I'm trying to understand what you guys' goals is. What our yeah. goal is or what the goal of the free state project is? The whole premise of the whole goal of getting a free state. Well, the idea is that uh, we're not free now, and some of us would like to be free, so we're going to gather as many activists as possible in the same place in order to uh, help achieve that, uh, to, to make that happen. Well, what, what, what describes, what, what defines freedom to you? Uh, the ability to live life as you want uh, without, uh, as long as you aren't harming somebody else. Okay, and you don't think you do that now? 
I do it for the most part, but I can't exactly live life as I want because some people might throw me in a jail cell if I decide I want to do certain things. Oh, what, what is that? I mean, I, I find that in my, my experience, in my personal life, you know, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been on you know, the side that was very conservative. I followed the laws, paid my taxes, yada, yada, yada. And I've also been on the other side. I've, you know, changed my so life. So do you want a laundry list? Because we'll give it to you. Hang on. More with John. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Probably not enough time for your call. If you're on hold, we'll do our best to get to you. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. It's three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, and bringing the message of freedom and liberty to as many people as possible around the world. Uh, Get on board and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum and more all the details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com john in connecticut is on the line with us and you're saying well wait a minute aren't you guys free already what is it that you can't do that you want to do and certainly we could go down a laundry list but since we're tight on time i'll just give you two things john that i can't do that i want to do number one i would like to be able to walk down the, the street smoking a joint number two i would also like to be free to not have to fund the government education system two things that i am not free to do today. Wow. So you think you should be allowed to walk down the street with a joint that might offend somebody might have to infail. I mean, I'm, I've been a pot smoker while I was. Actually, I didn't smoke for... How about this? Instead of walking down the street, sitting out on my front porch, how about that one? That I agree with. Okay. Well, then you would agree that we're not free to do those things. There is not a freedom in that in that realm, and I don't like that. I don't like that my friends and family have been arrested and thrown into cages for doing things like that, and for and and that outrages me, and I want to do something about it. We we understand that, but have you ever ever heard the word, um, you know, life? I'm not remembering the word, the the phrase that life is a trade-off. Sometimes you have to give to get. You know what I mean? There's no reason oh, why. Oh, I agree that you have to give to get. I believe me, in. Uh, I, be, I believe that. Let mm-hmm. him finish. Go ahead. I want to ask you a question. When is the last time that? I mean, is it a big deal for you to go inside your house, shut the door, and smoke a joint, and then come back outside after you smoke? Well, enjoy. It's not that big of a deal, and likely that's what he does. Um, but don't you? Th- I mean, you, you know that there's a chance that you're going to go to jail, right? I mean, you know that eight hundred thousand people in this nation are, go to jail for marijuana every year, right? Exactly, I do understand that. But okay. my point is, is that if you had a joint, and and you know, like I said, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. If, uh, you know, every once in a while. My point is, is you can go inside easily, go inside, smoke it, come back outside, and enjoy your high just as much. As if you flaunted it in front of everybody. Why do you need to flaunt it? I mean, nudity. That's not flaunting it. There's, it's not See, flaunting it, it just sitting on the front porch in a hammock smoking a joint. That's not flaunting it. That's is enjoying it, my private it, property. Is it flaunting it by having a beer in the hammock? Not at all. Well, then there you go. It's, 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 if you've sit on your porch, and I've done this, I've actually sat on my front porch and smoked a joint many, many a times. Good for okay. you. Luckily, Fine. you must have neighbors that are pretty cool and are all right with that, and they didn't call the cops on you. John, do, is there a problem? Is there a problem with uh, wanting to everyone to be free to do what they want to do as long I as it doesn't harm others? Whole goals, your whole idea of this, of how going about this, is just not a feasible idea. What's not feasible? Earlier tonight, you guys and I, and I find a little hop. Excuse me for saying, but I find a little bit of hypocrisy in what you guys are saying. And your, what's that? You know, idea that you guys grabbed the hold of, and let me let me speak to you just for like a sentence or two. Go ahead. Being, 
I would really appreciate that. You, know, you found an idea, you know, the free talk, uh, the, the free movement state up there in New Hampshire, you know, and you grabbed a hold of it. And I understand that. You've had your ideas before. You found something that actually seems a little bit feasible and it sounds a little bit plausible, I guess you can say. And so you've grabbed the whole thing. You're up there. You moved there. You changed your whole life. You moved up there, and you're on that. But it just does, it's not going to work, you know? Why? Because you said you guys, so? How many members do you guys have right now? Uh, 8,900 signers. Hundreds have moved already. How many years now? I think I think Mark was saying it's earlier. It's going slow, man. I, I I totally agree with you. That's it may not work. You're right. It may not work. He said However, it won't work. Um, I think that the idea is you know, the most plausible one. That my way of thinking might not be mainstream. Life is a trade-off. And you know what? You have to pick your battles. Dude, you don't you know, think you, you don't think I know that my my um political process isn't mainstream? <laughs> How do you ever expect these ideas to become mainstream? Or are you just satisfied with just sitting back and uh, keeping your head down and picking your battles? I for the I for one like the idea of these ideas being mainstream and I'm doing everything I can to promote that. And one of those things is to get together with others in the same geographic area to show people that these ideas are popular, gaining in popularity, uh, getting these ideas out into the media on radio, television, the internet, and in newsprint, and we're showing people that there's legitimacy here. We have a concentration of pro-liberty media unlike anywhere else in the world here in New Hampshire, and that's going to make a difference in helping people understand that this is mainstream. So you know what, John? You sit out there and you keep trash talking and you keep believing it's not going to happen, and we'll prove you wrong. And maybe you'll be right in the long run, and maybe you'll be able to call up in another 10 years and gloat about how right you were that, hey, you guys in New Hampshire, you're going to lose your freedoms too just like the rest of us are losing we're already freedom. losing some. thanks for the call tonight john i appreciate hearing from you we go to sam in texas sam you are on free talk live hey gentlemen i got an interesting envelope in the mail today from the plano police oh did you they were responding to an open records request that i sent for the case files for a five-day period all of the ones that the plano municipal court handled and normally when they do that they send a registered letter uh, with a with a writing on the front that tells me, you know, here's how we're responding to your request, sir, and all mm -hmm. this stuff. What I got today was a photocopy of the open records request that I sent, which demanded physical access to the direct records where I, and a time and place where we could meet to go do it. Okay. And what they sent me were 25 uh, photocopies of the magistrate's hearing and order of commitment. This is the little magistrate hearing where they sentence people, yeah, there's enough evidence here, put them in jail. So they're, they're sending me these. I asked for everything that's in the case file, but what they're sending me is just this one page. So either they've failed to respond to an open records request and they're secreting documents from an open records request, which is a felony. Or they're incompetent. What a surprise. <laughs> or they're really incompetent, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go in and sort that out and have a little fun. But I looked through the uh, cases, and I wanted to run through the penalties for some of the different offenses. Okay, sure. At the low end, the t speeding tickets, stop signs, that sort of thing, are three to 500. There's quite a few of those. Wow. There was a guy who was in a car accident, uh, and he just damaged uh, property. Now, his, his bail was 500. There was somebody that was caught with probably illicit prescription drugs. Their bail was 500. Somebody who was caught with marijuana just possessing it, what one of the activists in Keene is going to do soon, Yep. Uh, his bail was $1,000, mm. so twice that of prescription drugs. Wow. Now, people actually, people actually out driving around in a car drunk, 
Most of their bail was 1500 in one case, 3000 There were two guys that were actually breaking in cars and stealing things, and they, their bail was 2000 So that's half as dangerous, or cannabis, I guess, is half as dangerous as uh, people breaking into cars. <laughs> stealing people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mark, you've been a victim of that as well as me. Um, now, there's a lady who failed, failed to ID, and she was a fugitive from justice. Now, there you're challenging the authority of the state. So her bail was $10,000. Oh, my. And then there was a guy uh, who was burglar, burglarizing a building. They, he was caught inside, and his bail was 25000 And that rounds it, up for the, uh, rounds it out for the five-day period that I got. So what are you planning on doing? You, you kind of hinted that you're going to have fun with these bureaucrats uh, because they didn't respond to your request as you were expecting them to. Are you going to go in with a camera and confront them, or what, what do you got in mind? Yeah, well, nobody, uh, nobody signed for this uh, responding to this request because they know whoever the, whoever's name goes back on this document that they sent back to me, I'm going to come after them. They'll so be responsible for it. put their name on it. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to the clerk who stamped it in, uh, find out <laughs> who where he this? is, and yeah. say, hey, uh, what's going on with this? Are these the complete requests? And if so, then uh, there's a real problem with them because there's documents that are supposed to be in here and missing, like the um, criminal complaint. And I know your court wouldn't have jurisdiction if there was no criminal complaint, and they're not in here, so where are they? Who's got them? <laughs> and I'll see what he says, because be whoever has those has them to the exclusion of the clerk of the court, and that's a felony in Texas. Sam, I, uh, I appreciate the update. Always good to hear uh, from you. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network, you are actually planning on a move to New Hampshire here uh, probably by the end of the month. And uh, since we've been talking about the Free State Project these last few moments, uh, how do you feel about the chances for liberty in Texas? And why did you join New Hampshire? Why did you decide to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project? Well, down here, the mindset is um, it's like it is across America. I mean, the only place that I've really found of a concentration of liberty activists who uh, I don't have to go through the conversation to explain these ideas, and that can take months sometimes. The only place where there's people that already understand it and get this stuff is in New Hampshire. They're, they're not here in Texas. I, I don't have the, the support that I see uh, the other activists up there getting here in Texas. I'm doing this stuff on my own. So I, I don't I, – I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm scaring these guys. I'm doing some things that they really don't like, and they don't want to mess with me. But is it going to make a lasting change like I have a chance to do in New Hampshire? Not a chance. Thank you, Sam, for the call tonight. Always appreciate it. Uh, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network at ObscureTruth.com. Had a couple calls holding. Uh, Sorry we couldn't get to you. Call tomorrow night. We will get you on the air. Of course, the earlier you call, the better your chances. We'll see you then online in the meantime at FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.